Slap a lead out here. Used to always hear it all the time in the town. I don't know, man. Shit's crazy, bruh. Mm. What's good with y'all out there, man? Another episode of The Gab. I'm your lovely host, Kamal, aka the Black Seinfeld, aka Magic. Hey, I got the best audience out there. So y'all already know what y'all should be doing, right? Mm hmm. Kids are watching, at least they learning, though. You feel me? Uh, i like to thank my sponsor, First Place Losers. The link to the shop going to be in the description below. Made out of 100% Egyptian cotton. If it look good on me, it's going to look good on your in-between ass. And I appreciate all y'all, you ugly bastards, you beautiful cocksuckers, and you in-between little bitches. <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all are beautiful out there. Y'all are nothing but those niggas I just said. Mm. But anyway... Hey, man, for my tubers, though, man, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But like the rest of the tubers, I'm going to say the same thing they say. Like, share, comment to share, share the likes, subscribe to the comment, sub a like. Y'all know what to do. Y'all smart as hell out there. For my potters, though, I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on Apple Podcasts, and I'm on SoundCloud. Across all those platforms, all you got to do is type in The Gab or Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam, and I pop right up. All right, let's hop right into it. And uh, today, we about to talk about um how black women be forgotten. Unless they out there entertaining or shaking ass. Jesus Christ. Crazy. Similar to black men. But I want to talk about black women because... The whole Britney Griner thing. Does she not exist no more? Is she is she invisible? Like the news coverage on Britney Griner is crazy. And he just went to trial July 1st. I'm reading through a whole bunch of stuff. And I only seen her in one goddamn article. And it's like the little small fine print. Nigga had to, had to stop, go, go in like this, bruh. Had to expand it, you know how you like do the do the uh, expansion, uh, control plus plus plus, or if you're on a PC, I guess it's op plus 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 to make it bigger. Yeah, it was in a small section. Ain't nobody talking about Brittany Griner anymore. At first, they tried to sweep the goddamn shit under the rug. And was like, nah, you gotta be whining about Brittany Griner in Russia because you know, yeah, we trying to make her come home, da da. And I was like. I previously talked about Brittany Griner in one of my previous ep episodes about what's going on. But the <laughs> silence that's going on when it comes to Brittany Griner is sickening. The silence, what happens when it comes to black women, when they're going through tumultuous times, is sickening. Oh, I got a story for y'all asses too. I'm going to tell you. You feel me? And it sucks that like, only way black women don't be forgotten is if they motherfuckers super talented or 
hypersexualized. That's the only time black women are motherfucking known. In most of the media. Now you got media like me. You feel me? I'm in the black media, black news channel, black news anchor. Hey, shout out to Lil Bill too. Shout out to you, bruh. Because you've been the only motherfucker that i known that's been talking about Brittany Griner. And what's going on with her. Channel below so y'all can check out, bruh. Makes great content. But yeah, man. It, it, it is freaking sickening how we forget our black women when they're going through traumatic events, tumultuous times. We don't ever want to talk about it. And then when it is talking about, when a black woman is talking about it and make her sound like she angry, if a black man talk about it, and y'all probably going to call me this, I don't care because... I could beat most of y'all motherfucking asses. Jesus Christ. Y'all call them simping. Oh, you a simp. Oh, you is this. Well, stupid as shit, bro. It is ignorant. Ignoranus. What? Stupidity. I'ma say a line from the boys. Is your is your ignorant brain Lord. stupid? Or was that the line? <laughs> it's something like that. Is your stupidity <laughs> ignorant in your brain or something like that? If you've seen the boys, you know what I mean. God damn. I don't I <laughs> the whole line. My bad, y'all. <laughs> oh, my. Sorry, guys. But, yeah, this is a major issue. And my thing is that I already expect the media, the white media, to not really talk about black women in a traumatic events that they go to unless it helps their narrative or helps their political party win in an election and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's us as black people. We the ones that have to exuberate these voices. And we are the ones that have to bring light to these stories, especially to our black women. And like I say, it happened to black men too, but we focus in on black black women because of what's happening with Brittany Griner and how it's just it's silence. It's like it's like this story don't exist. Or it just sprinkles here and there just to keep reminding you, like, oh here it goes. Oh here it goes, you feel me? But let it be in her like shaking ass. Or we we so big about the Tory Lanes and Megan the Stallion story. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, and I know it allegedly Tory Lanez shot her in the foot. So it's a story of her, of a black woman going through something traumatic. But it's only brought to light because a black man bringing trauma to a black woman. Y'all see y'all see y'all see what's going on? Do y'all get it? Huh? Huh? Hello? Y'all there? <laughs> Let it be in a white man, though, doing that to a black woman. Hmm. Might have been silent. Huh. Or what if they, if they wasn't rich or celebrities? Hmm. Would have been silent. Silent treatment. <laughs> man. Another thing, man, like, the story that I have for you where it's just like, 
I don't know how this didn't get any press. Uh, I saw it in one story. I think I saw it in, um, I want to say I saw it in the Washington Post. And it was in the small section, small print. And um, I only heard, also, outside of that, I heard this story from Taisha. And I donate, I donated money to this woman because she needed to get out this goddamn situation. There was this black woman. She was living in the complex. And there was this white man. And this white man, and I talked about this in one of our previous episodes. And this white man chased her ass with a goddamn chainsaw. What? You know what happened to that white man? Near not a nothing. That woman scared for her motherfucking life. They ain't in Texas, but it was a chainsaw about to be a massacre from this damn honky. Nobody talked about it. Not the white media outlets, not the black media outlets, nothing. Zilch. Nada. But if I bet she was shaking ass or she all tumultuous yelling at her goddamn baby daddy about her multiple kids and not bringing the goddamn lunch for other kids, that shit blows up like motherfucking wildfire. Blows up like TNT. Blows up like Bugs Bunny giving Elmer for the goddamn dynamite. This went silent. Nobody talked about it except for me, Taisha, a small goddamn print in the goddamn Washington Post. Yes, I donated this woman some money. You know why? Because she needed to get out that damn situation. And I couldn't believe nothing happened to that goddamn honky cracker mayonnaise monkey. Hmm. That's what I mean, black women be forgotten. That's what I mean. When it's traumatic moments. You know when they fucking remember? Entertaining. Shaking ass. Talking all raunchy. Yeah, man, I get it wet. Eat my pussy, bitch. What? When they talking like that. Oh, we remember then. Huh. Goddamn shame. Free Britney Griner. I'm gonna be keep saying this shit. We cannot forget this story. We cannot let this shit happen. We cannot go silent when it comes to this. This is why I'm talking about. This is why black women be forgotten. In traumatic situations. You feel me? And Brittany Garner getting some press because she a goddamn WNBA player. Just think if she wasn't. Silent. Nothing. And this shit kind of going silent. Nothing. Not a word. Not a peep. Man, my source is my damn eyes. These things. You see? You see? These. These are my sources. The lack of. The lack of sources. The lack of being in the New York Times. The lack of being in the Washington Post. The lack of being in LA Times. The lack of being in Complex. The lack of being in World Star Hip Hop. Yes, I'm saying those motherfucking outlets. Because I read them. TMZ. Who else? Uh, 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 we got, we got a couple more. We got a couple more, damn it. Bay Area Post, San Diego Times, all them lack of 
when it comes to black women trauma and how they are forgotten. Anyway, let me get enough enough of the black woman being forgotten. I am tired of talking about it, but I'm going to keep bringing it up if I keep seeing it. This is the black news channel you can trust. When it comes to stories, they don't be talked about enough and should be talking about. All right, man. Get this out of here. I'm tired of that damn shit. All right. Y'all know this segment right here. We about to get into the sad segment. Ooh. It, it saddens me because of the way, the way these stats are for this movie. I liked it. Apparently, I like trash compared to other people. People think this is trash. But I thought this was freaking comedy gold. The Man from Toronto on Netflix. I really enjoyed this movie. This was a solid-ass movie. I was, first of all, I was weary of watching it because I know it's, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, my God, another one of these Kevin Hart movies is going to be corny. And they got Woody Harrelson, you know, my goodness. You feel me? And I'm just like, but I gave it a chance. And I thought it was really good. And it was funny. As Giggity. But <laughs> I'm being a stat teacher to these stats. It was a different tune. All right. IMDb gave it a 5.7. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 25%. Oh, my God. And it wasn't fresh. It was rotten. Oh. The people gave it a 73%. And uh, I could see I could see that. You feel me? So with the people, I give y'all a frick, y'all. You feel me? Because I could... I could see why people will be like in kind of that ballpark range. But I need to be in Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> God damn. Oh my goodness. This came out June 24th. 2020. This is directed by Patrick Hughes. Great directing. I enjoyed the directing, I enjoyed the color scheme. I enjoyed all of it. And let's be real. Like, you know what I mean? I already said who was the cast. It had a hell of a cast, but let's be real. The main people was Kevin Hart, who played Teddy, and Woody Harrelson, who played Randy, a.k.a. the man from Toronto. <laughs> and like I said, I thought this was funny. And y'all put it in the wrong goddamn category. Y'all want to talk about this action cam- comedy. No, this was a rom-com. Stop playing. This is a rom-com. <laughs> Calling this shit a rom-com is hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is a rom-com, bro. Oh, my God. Wow. It was, it was an action comedy. It wasn't a rom-com. I'm, I'm joshing you. <laughs> but, essentially, the plot of the movie was... Kevin Hart as Teddy, he was looked at as the guy he had, he was in a boxing gym and he was trying to start this whole non-contact boxing. You feel me? Air boxing, air boxing. And you want to know what? This is a good cardio. You feel me? <laughs> 
Boy, I'm whooping Casper's ass. Jesus Christ. I'm whooping his ass. You stay the hell away from me, Casper. You ain't friendly. <laughs> but that's what he was trying to do, and he got fired from his job. And basically, he was seen as, like, the person that never followed through. He was scared. And essentially, his fine-ass wife, you feel me, uh, who she was played by? She was played by um Jasmine Matthews. Uh, she was Ruth. And um, yeah, he was taking her out on a nice excursion and try to take her out to a cabin. This is this takes place back on the East Coast, so New York. So it was in this town called um On a Cock. What? <laughs> I know it's slapstick comedy, but damn it, I love that shit. Uh, it was called, on. they went to the cabin on a cock, and they was in Yorktown, and essentially, he was just trying to have a great little vacation for his wife to, you know, break the news to her and stuff, and it went to a cabin where, this is where Woody Harrelson character come in, the man from Toronto was supposed to be at, so they showed him, and the man in Toronto, he like, he's like this super, like, assassin. And like this woman, Deborah. Deborah's the main head honcho. She's the mastermind. And she be calling people from certain places. And that's their code name. Is the man from, and you just plug it in. The man from Idaho. The man from California. The man, you get it? So he the man from Toronto. And they showed the scene where he he uses like Shakespeare poetry and shit, 19th century poetry. Before killing his victims and stuff like that. And he'd be like, look, he'd be like, before I uh, shave your balls off and stuff them in your mouth. Jesus Christ. I want to recite a little bit of poetry to you. If the blue sky was ever looked at as it's supposed to be, you would love it more. Also, my daddy was mauled by a bear. That's why I can't bear anything. What? And uh, one more thing. I was only six when that was a pick. And now, and then they, I think the, the, the victims get so tired of hearing that. They're like, I'll give you anything. I'll tell you it all. I'll give you all the information. Oh, just please stop. give up all the information he just thank you bye pop they ass so then he was supposed to be there to interrogate this person to try to get they're they trying to try to get information they're trying to get a code and get a code for the top secret government and that's who deborah's working with too you know all government conspiracy shit they all working together and in cahoots and what happened was kevin hart was there and it was an address mistake like low toner from the ink printer and instead of it being uh he thought it was a six it's supposed to be an eight and this another thing with freaking teddy is that he's never he never take action until he met like randy and then they start becoming friends and you know the whole thing ah you know beef kevin hart movies with you know I mean, he done it with the rock just replace woody Harrelson with the rock you got the same movie. 
And I like that movie too. I don't care. I think it's funny. I know it's slapstick. I like slapstick comedy. Why do they call it slapstick? You ever think of that? I never know why they call it slapstick. Because when you get slapped with a stick, you ain't laughing. You hurting. Message. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Bump into it and then like Kevin, Kevin Hart. Gets to the cabin first because he has his wife go to a nice spot. He treats his woman well. And what uh what happens is they seem they like, yo, you the you the dude, okay? You the man from Toronto, you the assassin, Kevin Hart. Like he don't know what the hell going on. He lost his hell. And he go there and then like he has his basket and the other people looking. It got like it got like loot. <laughs> freaking. All types of sexual stuff. So bruh's like, damn, is this his way of method? Is he about to is he about to do something strange for a piece of change? <laughs> Boy had the whipped cream, all types of stuff. So he go down there and see the dude tied up, and Teddy was like, Oh hell no, what the hell going on? And he was like, Bruh, you the man for Toronto. You are the picture. Oh, and it's had the picture where he coming up and he has the nice so it makes it seem like he really is an assassin. And then, somehow he got the, the dude to talk because Teddy was just saying a bunch of bullshit. He was like, now I know you know what I know. But if you know what I don't know. And he dropping shit. <laughs> dropping weapons. Like, come on. And then, end up telling him the information. And what happened was that... uh. Ted, they, the FBI comes in, boom, cutting in the door, freeze, get on the ground. And they use Teddy, thinking he the man for Toronto, to carry out this mission. And Randy, aka the man for Toronto, start following Teddy and end up, he end up kind of kidnapping Teddy in a sense and lose the FBI because the FBI all the time ain't, ever doing a job they always get lost how do they the feds out there if you watching this how do you get lost in every movie y'all get lost on the simplest shit it just be a car change car change oh damn we lost them oh but then they end up trying to carry out the mission for deborah and as teddy and randy start becoming friends teddy start helping out Randy find his blind spots and telling him like, yo, Deborah's lying to you. She's using you and this and that. And Randy's telling Teddy like, you need to be more of a freaking man. You feel me? You need to be more of a go-getter and stuff like that. And the FBI got Teddy's wife, Ruth. And Ruth is in the dark until midway in the movie. And then this is where like, you know, Ruth friend which is played by Kelly Kukakolt, or whatever the hell you say her last name. What happened to good old American last names like Smith and John? <laughs> She's white. She's American. <laughs> her name is Ann. And this is where Ann comes in and like Randy and Teddy, they go to, uh, before they go on the whole birthday date, because it's Ruth's birthday. That's why Teddy doing all this shit. He go into an interrogation with this one one group of dudes trying to find out who is green. And, bruh, Kevin Hart. Just, <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> this nigga is f***ed up. 
But he get the information. He dropped the knife. He ended up cutting the dude by accident. Cut his eye and stuff. And he 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 got who Green was because he ended up throwing up on everybody. Jesus Christ. I think anybody would give up information they got thrown up on. Soon as you get that that throw up on you, you lose your mind and you giving up info. So maybe maybe Teddy was an assassin the whole time. He was the man from Yorktown. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he wasn't. All right, uh, so this uh, they come in and after they did that, whatever, and then they had this plane scene, and you know the man from Toronto kill everybody on the plane and get more information, and they hop out the plane, and then they go on a double date, and then this is where you see the man from Toronto, he starts softening up, and now he has a slow slide. He got, he got he don't know how to talk to women, and then he found Anne, and Anne with him, and it's like, and then he's he opens up like. Oh, he wanted to open up a restaurant. And I always wanted to cook for people. <laughs> and then, uh, here comes FBI and, and yeah, the, oh, Deborah, this is how Randy finds out Deborah's double-crossing him. Deborah calls the man from Miami, and he looks like the goddamn man from Miami. He's, he's played by Pearson Ford. And, you know, he... Flashy clothes and all that shit. And he's trying he has to kill the man from Toronto because of the Minnesota incident. And basically the Minnesota incident is Randy didn't kill his target and his target went on a rampage. And the reason why he didn't kill his target, because he saw that his target had a kid. Has a heart. <laughs> An assassin with a heart. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Then Ruth finds out that this Teddy was lying. They got fired from the job and doing all this shit. And then, like, she leaves him. And he Teddy ends up kind of saving the world somewhat. But he lost his world. And now he's trying to run and get his girl back with the boom box. Well, he didn't have a boom box, but he should have. <laughs> but then what happens is that people... Are still after trying to kill Teddy, and then Randy Randy comes along, and Randy was like, "Oh, oh, I didn't feel right knowing that if you were dead and stuff because now they're friends, and so now they're fighting, they're fighting crime together, and uh, Deborah, who, wait a minute, who is Deborah played by? Deborah's played by Elan Birkin. She's a good actor, by the way." Annie Lambert and, you know, Deborah. They call her the handler, but she's Deborah. Uh, Deb Deborah, you feel me? They uh one, they trying to get the money. The money's two million. Money's always involved. And they had this the green nigga, his thumb, his thumbprint is the one to open up the call to have a freaking weapon. It's always a biological weapon that they always trying to fight over. So that's the whole premise. The premise is they trying to get the money. Uh, you feel me? Uh, Randy wants his money. Know that Deborah's trying to double cross him. De Deborah wants on wants the weapon and the money. So then they all come in the hotel room and the man in Miami there 
get a thumb, and then that's when the man is trying to come in, block that guy, whooping ass, and then he uh, takes the money. And now the money's in his car, you feel me? And now Deborah want her money back. So she calls up a bunch of people, the man the, the man from Tacoma and the man from Tokyo, and they, they trying to kill him now, and they fighting in the gym, and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> trying to run to get his girl back but the money's in the freaking car in in freaking randy's car and he leaves on the train track <sighs> it gets destroyed with all the money god damn bro teddy you dumbass but he get his girl back and at the end of the day they all become friends and fall in love and Teddy get his non-contact boxer thing off the ground, and Randy gets his restaurant. And then they about to kill each other. Friendship. Oh, love. That's why this is a rom-com. Y'all better stop playing with me. Man from Toronto. Actually, comedy my ass. This is a rom-com. Trying to fool me. <laughs> That's it. End of the movie. That is all. But this is why, like, I like the direction and I like slapstick comedy when it's really done well. And I like this. This was funny. This completed the mission. It made me laugh. I don't care if the storyline was freaking cheesy. It was cheesy as goddamn motherfucking Cheez-Its. Cheese puffs. It was cheesy as hell. But I liked it. Pretty long, though. Could have cut out like 15 minutes and this would have been awesome. This is a long ass movie. It's almost two hours. But, uh, yeah, that was in the movie. Ta-da! The end. Happy ending. Kudos. Hell yeah. Y'all get a hand clap. But like I said, I see why some people wouldn't like this because it's kind of long. And slapstick comedy, sometimes some people don't like that. They feel like, it's beneath me. That's like fucking stupid. Like, comedy elitist. Which is stupid. How can you be elitist in, in the comedy? You fucking idiots. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> once again. That was The Man from Toronto. On Netflix. Y'all go check it out. I thought it was hee hee ha ha. Hee hee ha ha. <laughs> Alright, man. Alright. Y'all know what time it is. It is. Meantime. Meantime. Oh, I got some juicy memes for y'all. All right, man. And uh, we done talked about Kevin Hart. You feel me? He was in this movie. And uh, I had to get a couple Kevin Hart memes. All right. And right here, we got Kevin Hart. And he, ha, ha, he, he, ha, nigga. <laughs> and it reads, pew, pew, everybody gonna die. That's essentially how he was in the movie, too. <laughs> Pow, pow, pew, pew. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I got, I got some sounds for y'all too. Hold on, I got the. <laughs> oh my god, bruh. Oh. All right. Wow. I got another Kevin Hart meme. Ain't he looking in disgust? Like, hmm, what is going on? And it reads, 
Whenever I get low on money, I'll start thinking really irrationally. Like, what if I hadn't spent that 10K? Or 10K, my bad. $10 back in 2019. <laughs> 2009. I am f***ing up. <laughs> I'm thinking irrational of myself. Oh my God, I'm in disgust with how I read that. Terrible. But you really be thinking that though. I'll be thinking that. I'll be like, damn. What if I didn't spend that $5 back then in 08? I'd probably be a rich, rich motherfucker right now. I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> oh my God, bruh. Come on. <laughs> ah, I got another meme for y'all. And I got a young Justin Timberlake. Oh my goodness. Oh, and it reads, gonna tell my kids, this is Roof from Ozark. Oh, oh my, God. my God. And he, he does look like Roof from Ozark. Oh, wow, yo, Justin Timberlake look like Roof from Ozark. I'm, really, I'm gonna tell my grandkids that. I'm gonna be like, this is Roof from Ozark. They gonna be like, well, who the f is Roof? And I'm gonna be like, you don't know who Roof is? I ain't gonna even care the kid cursed. Cuss like a sailor. Jesus Christ. Cursing! I ain't even caring. I'll be more shocked they don't know who Roof is. Oh, God. Oh. I hope you enjoyed these memes. <laughs> Enough with the meme time, man. Look, man. Y'all know what y'all should be doing out there because I got the best of it. So y'all better be doing this. If the kids are watching, at least they learning. I appreciate all y'all. From the ugly to the beautiful to the in-betweeners. Mm. Hey, man. It's another episode of The Gab. I'm your lovely host, Kamal, a.k.a. The Black Seinfeld, a.k.a. Magic. You feel me? Uh, for my tubers out there, YouTube been around since 2005. I don't need to tell y'all what to do to get the video or the channel booming. But just like the rest of the tubers, I'm gonna say it just like them. Like the comments, comment the like, sub the share, share a sub, sub a comment. Y'all know what to do. For my potters out there, I'm on Google Podcasts, I'm on Apple Podcasts, and I'm on SoundyCloud. Across all their platforms, all you gotta do is type in the gap. Just type it. Type it in. Or Kamal Johnson ENT. Bam, and I pop right up on all platforms. I like to thank my sponsor, First Place Losers. You see the garments? You see they fly? Fire as hell. They made out of 100% African cotton. And if it look good on me, it's gonna good look good on your. Ugly ass. On that note, I'm out of here, y'all. Peace. Oh, yeah, and I filmed on, on the 4th of July. That's America's Independence Day, not black people Independence Day. Y'all better get it right. Shit. <laughs> this was good. This was good. Ooh, yeah.